Welcome to Blab Lab, a twice-monthly podcast from the reporters of EcoRI News, where we unpack the critical environmental issues facing Southern New England. I'm reporter Rob Smith, filling in for host Colleen Cronin. Today on the podcast, we're talking trash. Our guests today are Jim Corwin and Warren Heyman from the Rhode Island Schools Recycling Club. At the start of this year, a new law went into effect for all schools in Rhode Island, mandating that as long as they are within a 15-mile radius of a compost service or anaerobic digester, that they must divert their food waste from the central landfill in Johnston. Every day, our guests, Jim and Warren, go into schools across the state to help them change their food waste practices from the inside, diverting it from our rapidly filling landfill and making sure perfectly fine, unused food goes to hungry families instead of the dumpster. Guys, thanks for coming in the studio today. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Your organization was created in 2001 in conjunction with Resource Recovery and the Department of Environmental Management to start on school recycling rates, right? Not food waste. Not food waste. Regular regular recycling, yeah. It how, is, how did you do with that regular recycling? Well, it, it had just become state law at that point. And so we created a process and we got schools to start taking a look at how to do that correctly. And we did, we, you know, we had money for about five or six years from resource recovery. And we got the recycling rate uh, in schools from under 20 percent to over to almost 70 percent over the course of about six years. So and then in 2019, you guys, I guess pivoted might be the word to food waste. Can you talk about how that change happened? Yes, um, we got a call from the attorney general's office because, you know, we had done some work and, and they knew about us. And they said, we're interested in food waste. I believe at that time they were considering, uh, the, the legislature was considering uh, a food waste ban for schools where they wanted schools to start separating organics. And, and so they asked us to quantify food waste in schools. Uh, and we went out and did 15 schools, five in an urban district, five in a rural district, and five in a suburban district, elementary, middle, and high schools. And um, of course, Rob, you know who wastes the most food, right? It, high schoolers, middle schoolers, or elementary schoolers? Oh, I'm being quizzed. Yes. High schoolers? You failed. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a quiz. High schoolers uh, waste the least, believe it or not. Uh, it's, it's elementary schoolers. Is and it really? Closely followed by middle schoolers, but what? they just get too much food on their the, their the, Is that really it? Yeah, the food service company serves the same size of pizza, a slice of pizza, to an elementary school, middle school, and a high school. So for a high schooler, that's a nice size pizza. For a middle school or an elementary school, that's a huge size slice of pizza. And, in, and just uh, as a side... Our focus on prevention happens in the second year of our relationship with the school, and that's where we go in and not inform, but remind the food service provider and the cafeteria staff of something called offer versus serve. It's what the USDA promotes aggressively. The most important thing we can do is prevent food waste from happening in the first place. So that's a big area of focus for us in our second year. So why why aren't schools composting or diverting their food waste before now? Well, it's interesting. I mean, Warren, I, I don't want to monopolize, no, but, you, you know, when we get into a school and we typically recruit schools ourselves because we want to make sure we have an administration that's 150 percent behind this and that we have access to all the key stakeholders. The custodian is import, as important to us as the principal as are the food service workers and the staff. And, and very lucky that Warren is a former union organizer for food service workers, 40-year career. And so he has the vocabulary and the, the ability to get into that group of people and make them feel part of the process. 
And so um, the reason to ask your, answer your question that we haven't been seeing it is we connect the dots. Everybody is passionate about this. When they see the waste happening in a, in a school lunchroom, they, they're horrified. But, you know, they don't have time to connect the dots. And we go in and do that for them. Well, and I could add to that. I mean, we get into the cafeteria and, and everybody, whether no matter who we're talking with, they're like, this is a huge, huge problem. They're angry about the amount of, of good, edible, healthy food that's thrown on the trash. They're, they're angry about the whole situation, that the recycling's not being done. But they're totally overwhelmed with running a school and all the things that go into making a school successful. We come in and say, well, we'll put the whole thing together. You just have to give us the authority to tell everybody what to do. And they're like, great. And then we just set up a relatively simple process, which includes the students, so there's an educational component to it. And it, it works. And, you know, unfortunately, the law that went into effect in January, which mandates this, both uh, diverting for composting and also uh, capturing the edible healthy food, has no enforcement mechanism. So it's a great law, but I've had conversations with facility directors from some of these towns, and they're like, yeah, we need to do it, we need to do it. And they say, by the way, what, what happens if we don't do it? And then I say, well, unfortunately, if you don't do it, nothing happens. And then the conversations usually end relatively quickly after that. <laughs> so what, what what's been successful for us is we come in through the bottom. So we try to find a person uh, who's the head of the PTO for that school and through a personal connection. And we say, can you get us a meeting with your principal? We want to talk to the principal about this issue. And can you support our effort? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And then we meet with the principal. We talk about the food insecure students in their school and the waste that's right in the school that could solve that problem if we could do something about it. After they get turned on, then we say to that principal, so do you know any other principal who would be interested in talking to us about this? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so we go from one school to the next school. So we're really going from the bottom up and not from the top down. So talk a little bit more about what you guys do every day in the school. What are you doing there day by day? What are you well, setting up? How does your process work? Yeah, the first thing we do is we build a timeline with the principal and usually the assistant principal. And we talk about uh, having to get a fair forum with the custodians and the food service staff and the cafeteria staff. And um, we, we, ha we have those meetings. We call them site surveys. And we, we talk to them about what we want to do. We get input from them about what bins they have so we don't have to go out and buy a lot of bins. It's a fairly low-tech setup. I mean, we just need you know recycling bins and buckets and colanders and those kinds of things. And then we, we decide together where it's going to go. We talk to the food service provider about um, any restrictions they might have or concerns they might have about, about redistributing food. We want to make sure everybody feels comfortable. Before we mention anything about what we're doing, we do a, a, a survey that was put together by Bryant University for us. And we do an exit survey after we've been in a school for a year or 18 months just to see if we've moved the needle there. But we, we have data that shows us that we moved the, net, the needle as well because we, uh, we, we, we create awareness about food waste to the entire school. Resource Recovery does a wonderful job. They've got programs tailored to elementary, middle, and high schoolers. We go in and train the rangers. We decide with the school administration how they want to rotate, whether all the students have a ch chance to be rangers. What do you mean by rangers? Ranger, cafeteria rangers. In elementary schools, are cafeteria rangers. And this is a process we borrowed from cafeteria Ranger. culture. Okay. It's, a, it's a wonderful, they, they created the process. We borrowed it and we, we fit it to schools. In middle schools, they're called green team captains, and we train them and role play with them. Then we launch in the cafeteria and we, we do a food waste audit. 
and then we are in the cafeteria for two weeks right. or until they want us to, you know, in, until they say we're fine. Because <laughs> okay. it's chaotic for the first yeah. week, you but, know. So just put a little more meat on the bones there. So the, we set up a, a five-step sorting station, and each step has a ranger or a captain at it. So the first stop on the sorting station is the share table. So the share table ranger, as the students come down, will look on their tray and say, okay, is that an unopened milk? That looks like an unopened banana or an unopened cheese stick. And they take the healthy edible food off the tray and put it into a little cooler. Then they say, okay, is that a half-drunk milk? Okay, now pour the milk into the liquid bucket. Because right now, unless we're there, we're putting the liquids and everything else into the trash and then transporting it to the landfill, which is completely stupid. So... They pour off the liquids. Then the, then the next station is the recycling bin. So milk cartons, juice cartons, plastic bottles, aluminum cans, aluminum foil if your mom made a sandwich for you at home wrapped in an aluminum foil. So all that goes into the recycle bin. Then the next stop is the landfill bin. So if there's plastic, which is usually what's left. Wrappers. Wrappers and that kind of stuff. You'd be amazed at how little goes into the landfill bin. Yeah. We reduce cafeteria waste by 80% going to the landfill. Right. So in terms of a pounds of waste, how much is that, do you think? Well, actually, it's quite light because all, all it, uh, the only thing that goes to the landfill now are wrappers and plastic spoons and, um, you know, plastic yeah, wrap. I mean, that's so it. it's very mo- modest right. amount. Yeah. So, so then the next station is the compost bucket, and we have an arrangement with Bootstrap Compost, which is they're phenomenal. If we eat it, they take it. So all the food goes into the Bootstrap. Uh, to five ga- It's usually a five-gallon bucket. And then the last stop is where they stack the styrofoam trays. Because if you stack the trays, they take up a lot less space. Not all of our schools have styrofoam right. trays. And, and we help them them convert to reusable trays any, right. anytime right. we can. Yeah. So that's the process. So there's a ranger at each one of those stops. And they have job descriptions. You know? yeah. <laughs> we post them on the wall and we review them with them because yeah. uh, it's important. We can't have any contamination in the compost or we won't be able to send it to the compost facility. Yeah. And it's pretty easy to have a you know, little ketchup packet right. you know, fall into and, those. And as part of this process, we work with the food service provider to try to reduce the amount of waste. So, for instance, Sodexo, which has the contract in Providence, we got them to stop putting out these little packets of mustard and mayo and mayonnaise, and instead they now have squeeze bottles. So that was a huge help to us because all these little plastic packets were ending up in the compost bin. And by, so, and by the way, rangers get they get compostable gloves, they have a badge, and they, they have tongs. And I will tell you, uh, elementary school kids love sorting, and they love telling other students what to do. Same with middle school until about eighth grade, and then, you know, we have to work on keeping this cool for them. Yeah, yeah. So, but that process, and they, those rangers or captains get to eat, go to the front of the line so that they eat first so they can then be at their station. Um, And then at the end of the school year, we do an award ceremony where they all get these certificates and we bring in either the head of the DEM or somebody from the EPA or some local elected officials, city councilors or state reps and senators to participate in the award ceremony. We're, we're accomplishing the goal and we're hopefully changing attitudes that these kids will go home and say to their parents, whoa, 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 that shouldn't go into the trash, that should go into the recycle bin. And why aren't we composting here? We should be composting here at home. So we're hoping that not just we're moving stuff uh, 
away from the landfill, but are actually getting kids to change their attitudes and change their parents' attitudes. And we have data on that because we measure everything. We do food waste audits monthly. We, we come in and do them every other month, and then school does them on their own. And that's fun because you get to measure and you look at the, component of the components of the waste, and you say, what can we do about this? But our food waste per student, which is... Um, total food waste divided by the enrollment of the school over the course of the year. We have seen that come down in our middle schools by 30% and in our elementary schools uh, the, you know, by, by 20%. So our goal is to get that to 50% in line with the EPA and the USDA's goals. And we think we'll get there before 2030. Great, great. How many schools are you guys in now? Well, we're, we're currently in eight. Um, the City of Providence's Sustainability Office just got a USDA grant to have us go into four more schools, so that'll get us to 12. And then we also wrote a large grant to the EPA, which if we get the money, we'd add, I mean, Jim and I are the entire staff organization. This is it. Right <laughs> yeah, but we, we but, know to scale this up and get this yeah, out to yeah. all of the schools, which we think is not only possible, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, but we need to train facilitators in kind of a train-the-trainer model. And so we're working on that. And that's what that big grant... Yeah, so the big grant, we would hire, we'd double our organization, go from two to four people. (laughs) We know that's a big deal. Yeah, so, and the goal is to train, you know, we would love to find young people, preferably young people of color, you know, maybe who are involved in the PTOs in their school. There's over 400 public schools in the state, so... There's a lot of places we could be running this program. Yeah, as in the earlier experience of going from less than 20 to to almost 70% of schools, I I recognize there's kind of a tipping point here, and that is when schools are looking at other schools doing this and the publicity they're getting and the great environmental benefit that they are providing, and and schools say, you know, why aren't we doing this? And so we do expect the phone is going to start ringing, and it has been. I mean, we, we have more schools than we can even think about working with right now, but... Great. Sounds like you guys are going to be really busy. In most cases, what's happening when you capture the food? Where does it go after it's captured? So initially, we started this during the pandemic, and most schools were like, we don't want to redistribute that. And so we went to food banks within the community. And so uh, in North Providence, uh, we, we distributed, you know, I think more than a ton in our first year to the food bank there. And uh, but as um, we have seen success in redistributing, uh, we're, we're focused on that now. And we actually only have one of our schools donating to a local food pantry. And so everybody else is redistributing um, either during lunch or um, during after school. You might want to speak to this, too. But yeah. if you take a tray of bananas and milk and yogurt or whatever's left over out to the lunchroom uh, about twenty, about 10 minutes or 15 minutes into the lunch and offer it to, other, to students, they take it. I mean, there's a lot of kids who don't get enough to eat right at the lunchroom. So we're, we have a, had a lot of success in getting it, getting it redistributed right in the school. And we've gotten principals to loosen their restrictions about no food outside of the cafeteria. So now food is available in classrooms and in the library. And we're hoping that as people see the success of that, you know, more schools will be open to allowing that to happen. How much food do you guys capture in the average elementary school? Over the course of the year, uh, we've got small and, and large elementary schools. Our largest has about nine tons of uh, food organics going to the landfill okay. um, when we start. <clears throat> it just comes down. I mean, our food waste per student comes down. Uh, smaller elementary schools, six tons. When we do the weighing, we do the weighing with the student rangers, and sometimes with the student rangers and the custodians so that everybody can see what we're doing. So they, they help us take the measurements. 
and then we go into the classroom with the teacher and we put stuff up on the board and we it's really a math class but it's also a science class so it's okay how much was what's the total waste here and then what percentage is liquid what percentage is recycling what percentage is trash etc and then as jim said we do this conversion from okay so how much carbon would have gone into the air that we're now not getting into the air because we're composting it or we're, we're eating it so do you, think, do you think that engages the students more because it's an actual, it's not like a like a word problem that's a fictional yeah. whatever. It's yeah, a, that's our goal. A real thing in front of them that right. makes the math more real for them. Yeah. 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 And, and also, with the other thing we do is is we take a bus trip. So we, fu we fund a, one bus trip in that first year to the landfill. So they go all the way up to the landfill, and the, and the educators at the Royal Resource Recovery are quite good. They, they, they do, um, they also have bilingual educators, so they really cover the waterfront there. And... So they do a tour to the top, which takes about 45 minutes, stopping and pointing out all the various things there. And then they do another 45 minutes in their education center. And then they get a chance to see, I think it's called the MRF. MRF, which, the yeah. Materials Recycling yeah. Facility. Yeah. So to connect the dots, so like, okay, when you throw a piece of trash out at your house or at school, this is where it ends up, unless we're sorting it through our sorting station. Because we really want to educate them about the whole process. Um, and then we send them home from the resource recovery with that, that they have a handout about how to recycle properly. So we're hoping that they take that back home and then we're gonna affect some change there as well. Well, let me back up a little bit. Do you guys compost and divert your food waste at home? What's your background with, with this kind of thing? Yeah, I, uh, Bootstrap has a wonderful curbside uh, program. And so I, I get picked up twice a month. So I have curbside recycling and um, I've done it at home too. It's, you know, I, I've got some compost at home, but it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, grew up, I grew up in a household, um, I grew up just outside New York City and I've composted my entire life. So, and to, we didn't have curbside recycling, but we tried to recycle. So, and I have two compost bins in my house now, so. I asked because I, we've been doing these tabling events to get new signups for our email newsletter and meet our readers and get story ideas and, Usually, I ask them, you know, what's what, what do you think is a really big problem in Rhode Island today with regards to the environment? And a lot of times, they get, like, uh, food waste and composting. And then my next question is always, well, do you compost at home? And the answer is, they've either done it their entire lives, like I have, right. or they've never done it before in, my, in their right. lives. So that's why I ask, because it, it's either something you've always done, or it's just something people don't pick so, up when yeah, they're Yeah, so I home. can add some... some Facts to that. So apparently only 10% of the country composts. Really? Yeah, that's what I read recently. So, but you can get a nice compost bin at Resource Recovery for $45, which is about half the cost from Lowe's or Home Depot. You just drive out there any day between, I guess, 9 and 5 or whenever the place is open. And, and, uh, and you say, I want to buy a compost bin, and they direct you. And so one of the things that we're also doing, um, kind of as a little side project, is every time we go out there with these buses, um, we're buying a, I'm buying a compost bin. And then we're hand we're giving them out, or you know. So, I got the pr the assistant principal at MLK took a, a compost bin, and I given a uh, we have a compost bin at Barton Regorian now in their uh, yard. Um, so to try to promote composting. And you know there are kitchen units now where you can put your food waste and it turns it overnight into compost. So there's a whole market that is emerging, yeah, and and I think that's you know hopefully that's going to be part of the answer to getting more more people to compost because it's a bit a little smelly, but you know. Doesn't bother me. Going back towards schools, what's one thing schools could do uh, to divert their waste? They can download our food waste reduction toolkit for Rhode Island schools, which is on our website, which is a, uh, a nice guide. It's got a lot of easy to implement strategies and some of it are a little bit more complex. It's got case studies right here in Rhode Island and from across the country. So that is a really good how to do it 
um, uh, tool. Yeah, they, they could also go online to YouTube and look at Cafeteria Rangers Crash Course, which is a short video from a school in New York City that's doing a program similar to us, led by the students. I mean, a big thing about our program is it's led by the students because we think that's key to the students' education and the effectiveness of the program. That video, which is, I don't know, four minutes, will inspire anybody to, like, okay, let's do this. We can do this. Okay, great. Is there anything you else you guys wanted to plug or mention before I let you guys go? Jim, do you want to give the website address or website? Well, the website address is rirecyclingclub.org. And there's a food waste estimator on it. So if you're a school and you want to see how much food, uh, get an estimate of how much food waste you produce and how much recoverable food you produce, all you need is your enrollment. Please use that. It's a, it's a good resource. Warren, what about you? Uh, well, if you're interested in making this happen, you can call me at 401-486-9139, and um, I answer all calls. <laughs> That's a little more direct than I was expecting. Hey, we're interested in making this happen. Right. So Great. Uh, thank you guys for everything you do. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you to Jim and Warren for hopping on the show with us today, and thanks to our listeners for following along. We want to thank Vanessa Carlton for letting us use her song Willow as our theme song, which you hear at the start and end of every episode. We also want to thank Roger Williams University and Professor Bernardo Moda for letting us use their recording studio. Thanks also to Colleen Cronin for producing and to Joe Detz for editing and mixing. Until next time, you can read more roadie environmental news at ecoRI.org. Got to watch out. Once Warren starts speaking, it, it's, it's hard to stop. <laughs> well, it's because you leave everything out. <laughs>